Bhagavan, and welcome, friends, to episode nine of the Lord of the Wrongs podcast, the only Tolkien podcast the professor himself would dismiss as juvenile and crass. My name is Dan Zerby. I'm here with my co-host and good buddy, Sean Kelly, and together we'll be discussing the writings, adaptation, news, games, anything else regarding J.R.R. Uh, Tolkien's Legendarium, and we'll be doing so in a way he would likely not quite approve of. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today? We're uh, we're doing a little different episode today, aren't we? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm good. I you know, I figured. I mean, I did say last episode that we should just do the Rings of Power uh, yep. sort of cover in order to you know just kind of get it out of the way. I mean, I do want to <laughs> discuss it with you, but I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, it, it would be hard to do a sort of Tolkien-related podcast without at least talking about our thoughts and feelings on it. So we might as well just dedicate uh, likely two episodes to it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll have to go over into three <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Two. So we'll be discussing the first four episodes of the Rings of Power today. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure we'll you know dip in and out of. Yeah, a little bit. A whole I think season. We, we but... have to. We've already seen the full season, but uh, for the sake of keeping this to a two and a half hour episode, <laughs> we're only doing the first. Really, like uh, focusing on the first four episodes today. Yeah. Also, I guess we should mention there are going to be spoilers. I would think that anybody listening to this would probably yeah. have watched the show already, but you know, yeah. obviously, we're going to be talking about the whole thing so if you haven't seen it yet you might want to skip these episodes yeah. until you have or if you're on the fence about whether or not you want to watch it uh maybe listen to this podcast and make a decision but you know yeah well i guess we can try to avoid we the... will tell you what's going to happen in it, yeah so. <laughs> then again tolkien sort of already told you what well, was yeah. going to happen so <laughs> sure does it's like this story ends happily and here's what happened <laughs> like, uh, oh, this is a melancholy ending and here's what happened yeah and they actually had a little bit of that but i'll we'll get back to that so yeah we'll get I, into that in a second i figured we could kick this off by figuring out what the hell to call this episode right yeah uh <laughs> my, yeah my initial lazy uh thought for the title of this episode was just wrongs of power because we're just that's what we're this is the lord of the wrongs podcast but you pointed yeah. out and, and i agree with you that it's it's a little negative yeah uh, i don't i don't really want to just bury this show and just completely crap on it the entire time i don't think yeah. that makes for a very interesting podcast anyway and no. i've listened to that podcast and it, it's not that interesting so yeah i mean like if you know enough about Tolkien and film and stuff, or and uh, you know, shows and all that. You probably know why, like the things you don't like about it already, and right things like that. But maybe we can fill in some gaps there. But also talk about the things they did right. Um, yeah, because they did a few things pretty pretty damn well. Yeah. But what else did you have for uh, potential titles for this super large special that we're doing? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Tolkien did love his alliteration. He uh, sure did. A As lot of alliterative I. poems. Yeah, no, they're yeah. they're really it's a form I hadn't really appreciated until reading some of 
I mean, just reading yeah. Tolkien in general, he uses it all over the place. I mean, it's 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 almost constant. I mean, he's not writing exclusively in alliterative verse, but he's always using alliteration. Yeah, which in, is great. when he's describing things, uh, yeah. oh with, yeah, uh, any sort of like metaphor or just um, in his description of things, he often just strings together alliteration. So I figured, yeah, you could go with the reliving rings of power post production. I mean, yeah, that one. It, it is, it's solid. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's long. It's long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's nothing it's, wrong with long. Yeah, there's a lot to chew on in that one, but uh, <laughs> it's a meaty title. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, like, what else? What else could we even? I'm sure there's some hidden pun in there, and I'm sure somebody. You know, later on listening to it could let us know, like, oh, you missed this obvious one. But yeah. And if you do think of a really obvious, excellent, uh, alliterative name for our, for this episode, um, send us an email at Lord of the Rungs podcast at gmail.com and maybe we'll change it later when it, after it gets put out. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We'll put or it in the correction. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, we could change it by the second episode, even. Right? Yeah, that's very true. I did have another one. Yeah, you've been teasing me with this, but you won't tell me <laughs> what it is, and I want to—I'm very excited to hear it because you promised it was stupid. So All right, I'm very so... excited to hear it. <laughs> Ready? The rings of chowder. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, oh, you that's know... so much dumber than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> so you know uh like the soup <laughs> you know that show the soup that they had like the nerd yeah culture, yeah like the, uh joel what's his name yeah yeah, yeah joel McHale. Yeah. McHale uh, yeah 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 i actually it, enjoyed I that show as dumb as tmz is as a entity and yeah but it was a little <laughs> more um it was e, less it was like e what are these yeah. random uh celebrities doing and more like what's going yeah. on yeah in, around nerdy stuff uh but uh yeah anyway so i figured yeah, it would be like yeah it would be like a chunky soup like the soup <laughs> you know yeah filled with <laughs> filled with chunks of information as well as this thick broth of nonsense <laughs> you know it's it's perfect i love it i love it <laughs> i mean i predicted that i would love it and it's, it's yeah it's, it's even, great. even dumber than you thought the rings of chowder yeah. way dumber than i thought and i like it so much more than i possibly thought i could i also think it's a good title for this episode because somebody's gonna look at that and be like what the hell are they gonna talk about soup uh <laughs> All right, no. welcome to our, our special <laughs> on, uh, on on chowders. We're going to talk clam, corn, uh, others. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I hate chowder personally. We might we might have a few bisques make an appearance. Even we'll see. <laughs> see, I don't even like soup. I particularly dislike chowder because I don't like how you are creamy the worst Irish is. person. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like mashed potatoes. I don't like soup. I'm oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I. If you were in the old country, you would day. starve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure I'd learn to just eat potatoes. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not talking about soup. We're talking about rings no. of power. Yes, um, clearly, as you could tell by the episode title. 
And now we, I mean, now we have to make the title actually. <laughs> yeah. Powder, yeah. So. yeah. If somebody comes up with something better, I'm, I, I will gladly yeah. try because it is, I mean, it is stupid. <laughs> it's, it's stupid full stop. So yeah. let's get, let's get into it. And let's I, get started. <laughs> I just wanted to, so I, to, you know, prepare for this episode, we both watched the first four uh, episodes of rewatch the, the show rewatch awesome, yeah. yeah and um so and i was taking some notes whenever something came up that i uh you know wanted to touch on and immediately within about 15 seconds of the show starting i had my first note which is <laughs> that elf ch- children are mean yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it really is i mean we're we're not going to go through every single thing that happens in the first four episodes but yeah starting off you see all these elf children playing and uh, i mean Sinking, like throwing rocks at galadriel's ship which yeah might her little be like, her little paper boat and uh i could be I, a reference like, i mean i'm i'm a man i'm imagining it's one of feanor's sons oh right like that that would track yeah, because like it's not like destroying boats is not in their character in the Feanor family. <laughs> yeah, and I guess as children, I can see how they would just be little jerks. Yeah, I mean, they, a lot of children are jerks because they haven't learned to be people. Yeah, and <laughs> elf, elves learn to be, uh, you know, super people. I, I mean, Feanor <laughs> yeah. is like the only outright jerk we see as like an adult elf, but uh. I mean, there's the elf that betrays the location of. Yeah, uh, I mean, I Gondolin. guess I meant like the high elves and say he was like a yeah a dark uh, or gray. Yeah, elf I think he was whatever, one of the. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's fair. the ones who didn't see the light of Amon. We can once again. Here, here, here we go with our whatever <laughs> no. this. Let's table that. <laughs> yeah, there, we can do say, an episode on the different say, kinds the, of elves. The Silmarils need a whole episode themselves. Feanor needs an episode by himself. <laughs> the different types of elves need an episode by themselves. Yeah, I think and eventually we will come up with a shorthand for it, but that's for another episode. Yeah, once again. <laughs> Email us so we don't have to do the work on coming up with that stuff. Yeah, remember uh, that's Lord of the Wrongs Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> but I think like the reason I mentioned that, I guess, is because the first five, ten minutes of the first episode, whatever it was, the whole mm-hmm. sort of recap flashback of the first age was yeah. maybe the most interesting and I mean, just yeah. the thing that that it required it, it was just so much information and stuff that you could do yeah. like a just visually though yeah 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 i mean like between the you know the the shots of the trees and just like uh, yeah visually there's so much going on to pay attention to and uh, that's one of the things i will say just re-watching the the first few episodes of this that uh just catching some of the things that i missed the first go around like i did it never occurred to me connect like oh you know the the little elf the young elf that that throws the rock and sinks galadriel's paper boat like is that a reference to you know <laughs> to, to yeah, the slaying but... and the burning of the ships and everything it's like so i mean it could be it, it may have meant to have been that one there's a lot of easter eggs like that you know yeah if that quick, is an easter egg a quick uh i guess um summary of that story to 
explain the reference. Uh, Feanor wanted to get the Silmarils back, and so he would do anything. And so he led uh, a bunch of the Noldor who uh, were... uh, He led a group of elves, basically, to back to Middle Earth, and in order to get there, he went to the this island of sea elves and um, stole their ships and killed a bunch of them. Yeah, uh, in the and first great inslaying. Yeah, yeah, it was like their. It was like maybe the ultimate sin of the elves. Yeah, beyond it, anything uh, else. Yeah, like it was the closest the elves ever really came to civil war. And it really wasn't so much of that as much as it was just kind of a slaughter, just a, a, it was, a robbery. Basically. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, yeah. It was a it was a home invasion where they murdered the people at home and took all their stuff. And then he took them to Middle Earth and then burned their ships afterwards, just because yeah. he, you know, he just really wanted to be irredeemable. So that uh, was, yeah. that's and, what and we. That was, yeah, that was really adding quite a huge insult to injury because, as you might imagine, the sea elves really valued and loved their ships, like almost like children. So it well, they was a loved big, them. It was a big deal that he did that as much as Feanor loved the Silmarils that he created because they were like their ultimate creation. Yeah, um, but they weren't. You know, yeah. they weren't. Yeah, about to kill over them. So yeah, and that's what we're we've referenced that a couple times, and so. Yeah. Once we'll again, get we more will... into that at some point in the future. And if you don't want to wait, you can always just, you know, read the Silmarillion. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing that bothered me as well about the elves early on was, uh, like, Finrod's gray morals. Yeah, the idea... Well, I guess we don't find out in the first episode. I think we don't find out until the last episode of the season right that's second last last episode something yeah he whispers something to her yeah right he's talking about the stars and galadriel and well what about the reflection of the stars in in the water how do i know which way is up and he whispers to her and we don't know what happens in the first episode but we do eventually find out yeah that you cannot know until you've touched the darkness which is just very against tolkien's point about good and evil yeah, I mean, Tolkien's worldview with evil and good, it was, I mean, it's pretty, very Catholic. And it's the idea that evil is not a thing in and of itself, just like darkness is not. It's just the absence of good or the absence of light. So the idea that you can touch darkness and evil is not really, it, it's nothingness. So it's not something that you can grab onto. Yeah, like <laughs> you know? he, he basically it it, didn't really make sense. It's, it, it, to me, it seems more like Tolkien was like you know the right thing to do like everybody knows the right thing to do basically right. but you just you know if you're doing the wrong thing it's because you've corrupted your goodness yeah. and you and you lack that so like if you're right yeah if you're like an alfred like you don't need to you know experience evil in order to do the right thing you should just know yeah i mean tolkien's worldview is that of uh you know eternal like uh uh eternal is not the well eternal morality or just like this this inherent um like, thing it, that, what is it called absolute I'm, I'm, or i'm totally it, it's, on the it's right sort of like the, the forms in plato where it, morality just sort of exists outside of uh, right yeah like there are eternal truths yeah, yeah they're like yeah there are eternal truths and everybody knows them in their heart and whether they follow those truths or not is whether or not they're how good a decision. They are. Yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, uh, so that was that that was the thing that kind of like well, all right, let's let's get into the positivity for that first section. I was gonna say first, I have I guess. the first section. I have something positive, and I have something that I didn't quite care for. Uh, the first the show starts with a quote from Tolkien from the writings, which I actually like. Like nothing is evil in the beginning is an actual thing. Oh yeah. Um, and I like that. It's true because I it, I don't remember except for those children. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but, know, I, I mean, I, it, it, it like was the, it was talking about the world, right? Uh, yeah. Well, um, and other things, I suppose. Yeah. Well, like you know, the idea that that Sauron was not evil in the beginning, that not even Melkor was evil in the beginning, exactly. But uh, he was just a terrible, terrible guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. he didn't. He certainly didn't think of himself as evil. You know, it no. wasn't. You know, he was just trying to do his own thing, and he, his own thing was wrong. <laughs> but it's the idea that he wasn't necessarily like. I don't think anybody that you would consider evil would think of themselves as evil. They think they're doing the right thing for their. You know. Yeah. It's very except for Morgoth. <laughs> yeah once it, a yeah, i guess point, once, it, no yeah, once you reach it, yeah. a certain point it's like yeah um <laughs> yeah it is nice to see tolkien's writings quoted in the show because it does yeah you know you know the showrunners uh did have a passion yeah. for his work and uh not sure the whole writing staff have a passion for his work but i yeah. think, I think it's fair to say the showrunners do yeah yeah i mean you could uh, tell from interviews and things like that that they were trying to their best to uh yeah you know, include everybody. yeah and but, yeah and including executives <laughs> yeah yeah um which makes it a little hard to yeah. walk that line yeah but um but, i mean another good thing in the intro was the yeah. two trees and just all of the yeah. visuals i was about to say that uh yeah it's it was just beautiful i mean i every time i see that shot I get chills. I really do. Like I'm like, <laughs> I know we've talked about this before, uh, but yeah, it, it is one of my favorite moments of the show. Is that very first episode where you get that just beautiful shot of the trees, and then the light goes out. I thought that and was I, really cool, I even though did, not how it happened. Nah, not exactly. But, but I did. Uh, I did look up uh, the city. There is Valmar, which is where the Valar mm. live. Which is right, probably yeah. what I should have named the cul-de-sac in that <laughs> in that episode. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah. um, just in general, all of those sweeping, establishing shots of like any of the elven cities or anything really were just so anymore, yeah. yeah, just so like, really. visually breathtaking. Yeah, and and really really impactful. I mean, it's, Casa of Doom was another one that I I just got chills and got emotional because yeah, you know, the only depiction we've seen of that in film has been. A ruin in Lord of the Rings, and yeah, and it's destroyed. I mean, it's taken over by these slimy orcs and that goddamn Balrog. Yeah, <laughs> that damn um, Durin's bane. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Aregion, I don't think probably would have been at that height at that point. Like, mm. I, I feel like I remember Aregion sort of not really being much of a thing until they, uh, started cooperating with the dwarves but yeah i think that's true yeah it's 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 difficult with the time compression because they want basically everything that happens in the second age to happen at the very end of the second age 
Yeah. And, uh, the time compression makes it a little difficult when you're trying to remember exactly the order <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Like, the time compression is one of those things where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not wholly against it or for it. It's just, yeah. I mean, it changes things up and it does, yeah. obviously, it creates, um, it creates problems, of, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I get it also that it's you know it's nice to have everything included. Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think a time compression. Uh, you know, when Tolkien wrote about adaptation and some of the things that you need to look at, like the core of the original, and you know, was this change inevitable due to the change of medium? And I think the time compression is something that was kind of unavoidable, uh, unless they wanted to just like. I think it would have been really muddy and confusing if they hadn't compressed the timeline. I think it was, I think that yeah. is an inevitable change for I mean, you would have me. gone through multiple yeah. characters. Like you, you couldn't tell the whole story of say Numenor yeah. or something. If yeah. You I mean, were if, going through generations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, but it wouldn't be as compelling. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even meet a Lendil until like the second half of the last season. Like if they yeah. kept, you know, if they didn't compress the timeline, so it, yeah, I think that was an inevitable change. So I don't have a problem with it in in general, but yeah, inherently, yeah. But like, yeah, it yeah. just depends. I mean, once I think our general consensus here is we're just gonna have to wait to see how season two is because um, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of the issues that we that have been taken with this, it's like, well, you know, they wrote themselves into a hole here, but like they could make it work later. Yeah. Um, I will say for one of the early on things that I didn't like, I'm going to say this, and I, I almost wasn't going to bring this up, but to me it was very jarring to see, even though I expected it. And while they've, I think people in general have made way too much about this, Finrod's haircut in particular, I will say, I don't. it doesn't uh, bother me that elves have short hair. That part doesn't bother me exactly. But Finrod's haircut in particular is a very modern haircut. I don't care that it's short, but the modernness of it to me, it it kind of took me out of it. Yeah, I see. So, you know, I, I guess the thing... hair is fine, but a, a very modern haircut. It it felt it was jarring to see. Honestly, yeah. It's like I he think... looked. He had the hair of a hipster. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> like Elrond's hair is short, but like that works to me. Like that looks like a reasonable short haircut in like a yeah. medieval, you know. Because Tolkien's sort of vision for this stuff i mean it was pulled from different time periods his inspiration for a lot of these cultures and things like that yes. but generally yes. it was like dark ages slash early medieval i think is yeah. like the, the time frame we're looking at i mean there wasn't i mean the yeah, most -Roman. yeah, yeah. It's like free roman england is like the kind of thing yeah the, the most armor anybody was wearing was chain mail um and boy, you know, every yeah, everybody was running around with tunics on, and uh, yeah. um, so like, you know, I liked, and it, it, that's one of those changes that doesn't really like affect the story for, say, the Jackson movies. Right. Yeah, and I liked a lot of the. I mean, I, I I'll just say I liked pretty much everybody's cultural sort of like visual identity in the show. You know, like I the the dwarves. Yeah, I agree. Felt um on point oh, you know man. with the the masks and everything yeah yeah i loved that by the way a little uh would, a little uh yeah 
sidebar on that. So when you see Durin's children and they have those giant heads on, they did that specifically so that you didn't see the children's faces so that they could work around like the fact that kids can only work like three hours at a, at a time oh, during the day or something so like that based on the just, uh, labor laws. So that's why they did that. So they could just kids. have a workaround so they could have any kid, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's actually really yeah. clever. I really like that because it worked in the scene. And like, uh, yeah, and it who, didn't even occur to me that, that would have been a practical choice. His kids look like, I guess. Uh, they were so funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not really relevant now <laughs> at this point, at least. No, that's so. interesting. But um, anyway, it, the orcs. I loved their uh, the, the design. The design was awesome. of the orcs, terrifying, yes. dude. They're scary. And what I loved, especially in the scene where uh, Bronwyn and Theo are in the house, and the orc is there, and they have to kill it. Like it felt dangerous. Like watching Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson movies, and the Hobbit, even. Most of the orcs are like bumbling idiots, and they just like are. And they're super also easy not fighting. They're fighting like pretty much every time you see them fighting. They're fighting like the greatest heroes, the greatest yeah. fighters in Middle Earth. Yeah, Legolas and 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 Aemir yeah. uh, and Gimli so, and Aragorn and all these like give, incredible it fighters. Stakes, yeah. which was nice to see. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, they're they're, they're yeah. just freaking scary. Um, <laughs> I really yeah. love the design of the orcs for awesome. the show. I think it's, I think they're the, really cool. Looking. One that was a little weird was um uh what's his face uh the elf um I'm blanking on his name Arondir armor oh I don't know. was like weird with the face oh, with yeah. the tree face yeah it was a little I weird didn't hate um, it I didn't hate it but I also didn't uh. I was like, I just feel like it's not quite. Yeah, it just right. felt out of place. You know, in it's like, like, I don't think it was wrong, but it wasn't quite yeah, right. But um, yeah. I, I mean, maybe it was just because it was so visually different from what we've seen in the Peter Jackson movies, and that has had such a. a bit, I've yeah, tried to really like not let go of that imagery in my mind, but it's very difficult because it was so, it was so impactful. Yeah, the Numenorians armor is just yeah. awesome. And I like that they're using scale, which yeah, yes. um, yeah, I love that. It just yeah, their whole thing yeah, and, sea, and it's, it's you know, yeah, it I feels like it's a precursor to uh, Gondor and their sort of visuals yeah. in the movie. Yeah, I saw. I remember seeing a meme that was making fun of the Numenorean armor, and it was a picture of uh, um, Sean Bean as as Boromir in the flashback where he's got like his full plate mm. armor on. And then it was a picture of a Lendil on the ship with his just, it was just, it looks like it's just like kind of a brass or a bronze, um, yeah. just chest and back plate. And they were making fun of that. It was like, Oh, it was a billion dollar thing. I'm like, uh, he's a <laughs> seaman. So he doesn't, he's not going to wear full mail. They're not going to battle or war or anything like that. Like it's just practical to have light armor that you don't need a ton of it. Like that's, that's ridiculous. The other thing, uh, they're inspired by like Phoenicians and Egyptians, uh, sort of culture. The Numenorians were by, you know, Tolkien said that. And yeah. Oh yeah. It was definitely like a Mediterranean inspired. Yeah. And the like Ptolemaic, uh, Egyptians and stuff. I, I believe they would have had uh, scale mail yeah. uh, at the time. So you know, it it, it does yeah. line up for me. And I thought 
I thought they also like they they sort of have those trappings that make you start to think like oh they're becoming a little too um uh, I don't know big for their britches I guess <laughs> yeah they're like they're starting to because the Numenor becomes quite you know nationalistic and uh and all that before the fall <laughs> yeah, yeah. so nation, seeing yeah. them start to lean towards like you know the glory of Numenor just keep uh, falling into that yeah. trap more and more is like it's an interesting thing to look out yeah. for I guess as the show goes on mm, yeah oh I just want to go back real quick to something that Finrod said um at the beginning that I I don't want to, I don't want to focus on just being negative but there was something that I think has an impact on the rest of the story mm-hmm. in the show which is Finrod saying to Galadriel that he won't always be there while they're in Valinor yeah the, <laughs> I, they literally just said they just said we didn't know what death was we didn't have a word for it and he's like I won't always be here the only yeah. thing I can say yeah it's like to support that or defend it, I guess, is he might have had some sort of premonition because elves are known to have uh, foresight. They do have some, some elves have foresight. Yeah. Uh, Elrond very famously has the yeah. gift of foresight. No. Uh, not all of them, but yeah, the, the, the most, the most powerful. And Fendrog was a powerful yeah. elf for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was. Yeah. By the he way, would, yeah, he would have had that. Sorry, we've been foresight, saying his but, name. Yeah. Finrod is Galadriel's brother. They don't say it in the show because they're not allowed to. Yes. Um, oh, oh no, yes. later they, they do ended up getting the name. rights. I forgot. In the show. And in the subtitles and in the X-ray yeah, thing that Amazon name. has, but, it says um, Finrod. But they did have to ask permission from the estate to use that because his name is not, like Finrod as Galadriel's brother is not in Lord of the Rings, so they needed permission from the state. Yeah, because they only have the name. rights to the appendices of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings, but um, and the Hobbit, but that's not really much help if you're oh, trying I to do a second story. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's almost completely irrelevant. Yeah, well, the ho- yeah, well, I th- I'm, I'm, if my understanding is correct, it, they kind of bundled Lord of the Rings with its appendices and the Hobbit together when they sold the when Tolkien originally sold the film rights, okay. that was how it worked. And then, then it got split up between film and TV. Like, I think it's, was it film and video games? Or oh, I, I don't remember. TV and video games. Either way, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, anyway, but, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so muddy and not important really right now. So. The, I do see what you mean though. He, him saying, I'm not always going to be here. It did feel like a really weird, it's like you live effectively forever. And, you're in the undying in the, lands. Yeah, in the undying yeah. lands. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even if you go to Middle Earth and get killed, which he is what happens, um, he still would get rehoused. He would get sent to the his his uh, Faya? Is yes. Right? His, his, his Faya is his soul, and his Roa yeah. is his body. Yeah, is his body. So yeah, his Faya would go to the Halls of Mandos, get judged, and be, and he would certainly be rehoused. And he would be there yeah. in Valinor, which so is just a weird, yeah, <laughs> something that's very weird. Like, yeah, you don't, you, you like the, yeah, the is, is I, he literally will be here. He will be here forever. Meaning yeah. on earth. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Or as long as, as the, as yeah. the earth, earth exists. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He'll be there. Yeah. That's the whole thing. But, uh, <laughs> So, that was, so I that guess was we odd, could but... transition to Galadriel. 
at that point. Yes. Um, so we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and then we told each other to shut up and save it for the podcast. Yeah, we can't talk about this <laughs> casually anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, no, no, we can't talk about it. We have to save it for recording. Um, but you were mentioning that you had uh, not loved the what 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 aspect of of Galadriel's uh, story did you did you really not just, not, not um, care for as much? I felt like her. All right, so I like the character. I think she she was played wonderfully. I think basically all of the actors pretty much nailed yeah. the parts that were written for them. I, I absolutely yes. agree. And more than Clark. She is a remarkable actor. Um, she really is fantastic. And I do, I like her as the fiery sort of uh, younger, you know, less wise, more irrational version of Galadriel. Yeah, which is is it does yeah. track with the writings, the warrior aspect, not yeah, as much. Uh, but, but you know, I'm uh, I'm fine with that too. But yeah, being being spirited and I ambitious think, and all that, and it's I like, think yeah, she's a little. Work. To me, she's a little too driven by like revenge and stuff like that. It's a little yeah. too obsessed. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I think the idea. <laughs> I think what they were going for was just to, like make sure she had motivation, but I'm not sure it works exactly because the elves don't need motivation to be against yeah, I think, Sauron. I guess it, you know? it explains the motivation. <laughs> like the very fact that he's yeah, it explains the motivation yeah. to keep looking for okay. him. I guess because nobody else believes he's there. But, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it but, still feels contrived. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It it doesn't feel that organic to the galadriel we know i guess but but i I guess overall with the story my problem is the i guess contrivance it feels like a lot of her being involved in these Mm. other stories and like doing all that stuff like you know jumping off the ship to valinor when she (sighs) yeah when apparently gilgalad has the ability to just send people over yeah I have quite a few notes on uh, on that of things I did not care for. Yeah, the idea that Gil Galad has the authority to send any elf to Valinor is yeah. I mean, we'll crazy. touch on. It's like where we'll where, touch where on would you even get Gil Galad idea and, from uh, in a bit because that was one of my biggest disappointments but um yeah and that was a lot of people's big disappointments. But, I feel and, and, so um, with the Galadriel story, yeah, it just felt like. It was all, you know, like the whole thing with Halbrand and everything finding her on the boat, and it just all felt. I know they had to go so out of their way to create this big mystery about who Sauron is to the point where they needed Galadriel to jump off of a ship and swim back to Middle Earth from Valinor, and then happened to be come across a shipwreck that Sauron happened to be on that happened to blah 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 blah. You know, I think. Now that I'm thinking about it, my it, one of my big issues with that is that would be reasonable, right? If it was contrived by Eru, because we know he has his hand in a lot sure. of things that happen. Anytime you're really he- hearing about luck and stuff in The Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, it's because yeah. Eru is sort of playing his hand and sort of nudging things in the right direction. But why would he definitely why would he stick like why would he send sauron to numenor to like basically eventually destroy it you know 
Yeah, it just doesn't. So, really so like those those sense. sort of Deus Ex Machina moments actually make sense in lore in Tolkien's world, but not if you know, not for yeah. evil. You know, like he wouldn't. And I, I don't right. think. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like Morgoth has the power in the void to do anything like that. Even if he was in Middle Earth, he couldn't make that. And happen. and Eru, they, no. they just don't have and that Eru, power. I think, from from what I understand unlike you know god in you know christianity he doesn't try to tempt people and like test them well yeah i mean the old testament god and yeah old testament god definitely yeah, I mean, does like, test about, people. Uh, abraham yeah, I, mean, or something. I mean satan does yeah do but the like he's yeah but he does, he does you're right he does test yeah he does test <laughs> abraham it's like kill your son Okay, never mind. You're not yeah, gonna do it. I mean, <laughs> oh, good. I really didn't want to, but <laughs> yes, that classic story that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but he, like, yeah, Eru doesn't. I mean, obviously, you know, maybe God isn't doing the tempting himself or whatever, but he does set those situations up. I don't. Eru doesn't. I mean, people yeah. are tested, and but it's it's for a good purpose oh, yeah. you know it's like bilbo found the ring and he was tempted and tested right. and he sort of passed but that's because he was he wanted the ring to eventually be destroyed right that's i mean presumably we can't know his will capital h right but yeah yeah that 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 that's the reason that yeah so like it all happened is because eru decided yeah. that that's how it should happen <laughs> so like yeah. why i mean what <laughs> yeah. if there, if nothing good comes of galadriel going there yeah uh nothing or, or like sauron ended ending up going there and basically destroying right. numenor like yeah i don't know it, it's I guess that's all I'll say on the on the matter, but just that. Yeah. Again, I think. Yeah, my 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 view on it was like they just really had to go out of their way to create. By the way, this is a big spoiler. If you haven't heard the show, we just talked about it without really just saying it. Yeah, Halbrand is Sauron. That's that's revealed. Yeah, I mean, we said we're gonna spoil things in the in this Um, episode. There's no way we're gonna get around that. It's yeah, but yeah, that the whole mystery box thing that they did so much with in this first season, which to me really I think distracted from what the show should should have really been. Uh. Yeah, they just had to go out of their way to create all this mystery and like, ooh, who is Sauron? Is it this guy? Is it this guy? Is it this yeah. lady? Is it whoever, you know? And um, I found it was really just, it, it ended up being distracting and made it a little less fun. And against Tolkien's sort of style. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we've said a, a million times, like, Tolkien, he'll, he'll tell you right away before the story starts that, like, how it ends. It's not an uncommon thing for him. So the idea of, ooh, who is it? That, yeah, that mystery is doesn't jive. But like I understand if they'd done it to an extent, it would yeah. have been fine. But they they really went out of their way. And the whole mystery box thing, while it has its place, I found in this instance It's also like you know they're also so the I think one of the issues with it so in you know, lost or just any show really it, it's, it works yeah. because I mean, lost, it didn't exactly work because they never answered all the mysteries, but <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, they opened too many mystery but boxes. Like, yeah. it, I think the problem is they were playing on our knowledge of the story. Right. And they were changing right. it. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to make it interesting for people who knew yeah, the background like, material. I think people who knew the background material but it made it frustrating for me. Just <laughs> like to see it happen. Like I don't need to be yeah, fooled, but like I know what's gonna happen at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, Right. I mean, we all saw Lord of the Rings. The beginning tells you how yeah. this show ends. It's like it's not you know, So like So like we all know it, what happened. The, the the thing with the thing with Tolkien is enjoying the journey of getting there. I mean, you know the good guys are going to win. Exactly. Exactly. You, you don't like in this one, <laughs> yeah. honestly, the good guys lose yeah. at the end for a while. Kind of, yeah. And that's okay. There's some but, triumphs. Yeah. But... I, for me, the mystery box has its place, yeah. right? Like, there are ways it can be used to be really engaging. However, in this situation and in many situations, I don't want to pick up just on Rings of Power. They're not the only yeah. show that's gone overboard with the idea. I find it to be often an kind of lazy way of getting audience engagement like to try to get the audience engaged and to have like conversation about it yeah it, it feels yeah. a little bit yeah it, 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 it's like a lazy way of doing it, yeah i have to say so let's let's turn things around and get positive again i, I while we're on the topic of elves yeah we'll get to back down with gilgalad later but uh yeah get, yeah we Gil have some related, yeah, stuff but <laughs> Elrond and Durin's yep. storyline is one of my favorites. Oh, the, their great. dynamic is it's the, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Robert Aramayo and Owen Arthur, like their chemistry, palpable. Is yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's it's just great. Like I a hundred percent buy that. Like these two are friends. And the beginning when like that that yeah. elevator ride where Durin's was like really emotional talking about it's like it's been 20 years that might be nothing to you but to me that's a lifetime and it's just like yeah oh, it hit me so hard and i really it, it really illustrates that whole like difference between mortals and immortals in in middle earth and how those relationships could be yeah fraught. it's just one of those things that you know i loved it I, I i i'm with you i think their their whole relationship is awesome i love it yeah i mean <laughs> it, it, i hope love they touch uh, like I, I, they have to be getting more into the topic because i think that's one of the huge themes of the second age is immortality versus mortality yeah it it is such a huge theme yeah particularly yeah. in the numenor storyline which we haven't seen really any of like the I mean, resentment there's... of uh, the Numenorians that, that is they something don't live I did forever. Write, uh, make a note on is that they they like hinted towards it. In an off so way. I said, yeah, the issues I had with Numenor is they're yeah their unrest felt shoehorned in, and it's less about eternal life and more about like immigration struggle. Yeah, they made it a very like yeah, a like, jobs thing. Like, <laughs> they took our like, jobs. What, you know? what <laughs> place did elves Park? ever take their like, jobs? Wait, wait. Like they're threatening. No, that's not a. Why thing. would they be that's afraid so of weird. that and not yeah. like? Yeah, I don't know. They're just. I mean, I get that they're trying to make it like something that. I get that they're trying to make it something that, uh, like, could be related to the ma- and that would in, uh, inspire the masses to be, um, you know, resentful. But like, why? Yeah, I mean, right. I, yeah, that economic fear that is used today doesn't quite yeah jive in, this, like, in the same utopia way. society and <laughs> yeah. like why would they you not just resent somebody being yeah. eternal 
anyway. Like when you're gonna die. Like it feels like a natural. Yeah, you know you're gonna die. It's like why do they get to live? Why do I have yeah, to die? Feels, That's scary. Yeah, you know, it's like, like that's all you thing. need. Like that alone. But anyway, works. back to yeah. uh, Elrond, Durin, and Moria. I that was, I think, my favorite storyline. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with and, you on that. And it was not one I had anticipated. No, I think everybody was caught off guard and surprised by how much, how compelling the the dwarves are in this show. I feel like they're the runaway, like, yeah, stars. I think it, so there far, weren't as many expectations. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. everybody. So I guess I was, it was, it almost felt like all of my expectations were flipped as far as the quality of the story. Cause I was the most excited for Numenor. I was also yeah. excited to see the high yeah. elves, you know, Gil Galad and all of them. Uh, and yeah. I was, yeah, I was like, all right. I mean, seeing Casa doom, you know, alive and well will be cool. I'm interested to see that. And then I was like, I have no expectations really about the Hobbit storyline. Like, what are they even doing here? And I didn't know. I didn't even understand <laughs> yeah. what the hell was going on with the like Mordor people, the Southlands. Yeah, the Southlands. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's all of them, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think that I think, that's I think all the most of yeah. my expect. I mean, I I still like the Numenor storyline, but I was like super excited for it, and it's just been kind of like eh, it's you know. There are some parts I like, some parts I don't. Yeah, it's falling a little bit short of expectation the, for sure. Uh, in terms, the of elves the themselves story, just yeah. disappointed me pretty greatly. Um, it, like Gil, yeah, Gil Gallup, <laughs> yeah, being, I know like, what you manipulative mean. and and cruel and yeah, the, just like power hungry and stuff. Yep, petty. And, and yeah, it just petty. Like the the pettiness of Gil Gallup is really uh, well. Do you? We just want to talk about Gilgal now and get it out of the way because we keep referencing it. Yeah, he's just yeah. Gilgalad is supposed to be the best of the elves. That's why he's king. Yeah, that's why he's yeah, that's why he's the high king. It's not because of his like lineage I mean, alone they're, they're, or anything like that. It's because yeah, elven, he's so great. Elven kings and <laughs> you know? stuff. They're they're almost um, it's almost a meritocracy because you're not from some long-standing yeah. fan there yeah, he probably yeah. his dad was probably the first one of the first elves or something and then it's him like you know it it's not like you have a right. long yeah. line of kings there there's you've probably been alive for ten thousand years your the kingship is not changing hands right. constantly so yeah. it's these people right. yeah. are the best that the elves have to offer you know Galadriel was queen because yeah. she's a high elf. Yeah, become yeah, and she created yeah. her own like kingdom. Same too. with um, you know, Thranduil was yeah. king Lord. because he was also a high elf in among the Sylvan elves, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he was he was a high elf, and the Sylvan elves were his subjects. Yeah, that's how he. So became they're king of, uh, they're like of, of Merkwood, yeah. the green. They're like the best time. of their that their people have to offer, and so seeing Gilgalad as this. Like just petty yeah. king. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's just been a... <laughs> he's just yeah, like, he's like, like I, I just don't see... I don't think the elves need that much governing. So why is there that much politicking? Right. Yeah. Um, and I will say, I, I think Benjamin Walker, by the way, does an excellent performance as Gil-Galad for the, for the yeah, Gil-Galad right, that's written. Um, he's a good actor. He... um. 
he's one of the few Americans on the cast, and he's got like a Southern accent, which really freaked me out when I <laughs> yeah, saw no, him. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> like it. So, yeah, great actor. Yeah, he's like a Texan or something. I think he's like, he's like yeah, y'all, you know, I'm just Gil <laughs> like, Oh, that's so wrong. <laughs> it was, it was wonderful. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, this guy is good. Okay, but, cool. Um, yeah. You know, he can only play uh, what is written for him. And Right, yeah. Um, so we mentioned, like, the, lun- the, the lunacy of him having the authority to send elves to Valinor. Um, I also didn't care for, like, that Elrond and Galadriel's place in his court. Like, Elrond's father is Arendil. His mother, his father is a star and his mother is a bird. I mean, he, he is a big deal. He, oh, so the yeah. idea that the he's like, thing. like, he's not, a, he, yeah, yeah, the, that he's not permitted to, like, that's one of the first things we see with Elrond, that he's not invited to a council meeting. He was, and he was like, his right hand, he was his he herald, he was his <laughs> right hand man. He, yeah. Elrond had the second highest, I mean, he became effectively king of his own kingdom afterwards he wasn't a king but yeah he found yeah he founds in imladris yeah he's the master of his own land and afterwards yeah it, it yeah. just just everything about yeah. that storyline just directly involving him has just sort of been a disappointment to me but like i mean, I get kind of yeah. why they did it they were kind of introducing another antagonist creating drama yeah they're they're, they're creating drama yeah i mean they're creating drama and obviously, like we know what Gil Galad eventually does, will be doing, will be doing at the end Just of the series. He'll be, <laughs> you know, laying his life down to kill, to, to, yeah, to destroy Sauron. Uh, so, like, he's a good guy. So, there's plenty of time for them to write an arc yeah. for him. But um, it, it it does seem like they're starting off in a really like I mean, different place. Most elves. Yeah, most elves don't really have an arc though, because they they've just been you know how much are you going to change in? Well, they they do though. I, I mean, mean, some of them do, but like, well, that yeah, like that's why the time compression is a bit of a yeah. problem. That's one of the one of the ways the time compression is a problem because an elvish an elf would have an arc. I mean, Galadriel did start off as very impulsive and uh, angry, even, and then she eventually becomes this very ethereal wise being but she didn't start yeah. off that way like they still learn as they go along it's not like elves like just have everything uh all knowledge yeah. or anything like that you know there's there's always room for them to grow as as individuals but yeah, yeah it's um the the, the compressed timeline does make that because it, it would happen over hundreds and yeah it doesn't, doesn't help certainly but it, it just yeah so it, it's a tough place think, to start i think they could have easily yeah. just backed him off a little like you don't need to you know i think this is later but the whole corruption of the malorn and just all that weird stuff like uh, yeah. uh, we'll i guess get into that in the second <laughs> episode of this but like yeah yeah well yeah, well, we do see in the first in the I think in episode four, like the the yeah, black rot on the leaf yeah. of uh of the tree. Yeah, it's, well, it's that, starting. It, it just so. didn't. He could have easily just we could have followed Elrond's storyline, could have followed Galadriel's, and just sort of checked in with the elves. But we it, it doesn't need to be its own. Yeah, like it feels like bloating. I mean, I think they could have. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I feel yeah. I feel like they, if they had just made Gilgalad like very aloof, that would have worked a little bit better and accomplish a similar thing without straying so far from the yeah. character people were expecting. So, I mean, yeah, that kind of covers like 
I mean, Gil Gallad and my disappointment with that storyline directly, but I mean, I liked, I, I still liked Galadriel's yeah. story, and I still, you know, I love Elrond's story. So the elves are, you know, still moving and shaking. Yeah, but. yeah. I do hope they write themselves out of the the little bit of a elf hole that they've uh, they, yeah. they've dug for themselves. Let's, let's in this first season. get back to some more positivity uh, with the Harfoots, which was a very pleasant yeah. surprise. I thought, uh, yeah, I love, I, I, I really love the Harfoots. I, some people really don't care for them. Um, I, I've enjoyed their storyline. I especially, uh, I love Sadok's yeah. book. I think that is so cool. It's all pictographs, but it has all this like information. It's such I an think that was so cool. Like, oh, the hunters come and then the wolves come. I think that is really cool. I really like that detail. Yeah. They have maps of the stars and everything so they can travel. I like, it's, I think it's, it's just I think a, they're doing a lot. There's yeah, a lot about it, it that. It feels really like, like they're fleshing out the culture of the Harfoots in a way that is harmonious with yeah, with Tolkien's sort of ideas for early sort of proto hobbits. Yeah. Um and yeah. uh you know, I Nori and uh Poppy are just both yeah. I know they're really really charming. And I love that. That whole storyline is just like I said, a pleasant surprise. The stranger, I like and I don't like in some ways. Yeah, agree. I mean, obviously they're playing into the mystery box thing once again, but I, I it does yeah, give. Sure I think it that is something where it's that feels sort of like the um, Galadriel uh, Halbrand thing, but it feels like it actually makes more sense in it, and it works better in my book. Where it's yeah. Yeah, even though it's yeah, even though it, it doesn't really work with with the writings, no, but uh, it I, I think it it, it yeah. does work for the show. I think, yeah, I think I think they needed the the stranger to be revealed. Sorry, guys, another spoiler. He's revealed as an Istar or a wizard. We don't know for sure which one, but they heavily make it seem like it's going to be Gandalf with the gray yeah. raven, and uh, at the end of the last episode he's like oh just yeah. follow your nose he, <laughs> i mean um so i think they're like they they're justifying bringing in a wizard with the harfoots and i think they're justifying the harfoots yeah. by bringing so, in a wizard yeah and it's another <laughs> you know what i mean god but that one's like i mean the valar sent him there yeah yeah it's like even though it, that's not how it happens in the books like i think it does work for the show really my main complaint with the harfoot Storyline is not with the storyline. It's really just the names that the Harfoots have. Like what? <laughs> you know, like Eleanor Brandyfoot is would never be Nori's name at that time. You know, it's not that big Did a deal. Did they not know what the Eleanor but, uh, flower was? Yeah. No, they wouldn't have known that. Yeah, they would never have known that. I mean, Sam names his daughter Eleanor, and that's a big deal because... That's never no hobbits ever named been named that, even though all almost every female hobbit or or Harfoot, it seems like, is named after a flower, which is a yeah. beautiful tradition. I really <laughs> like that actually. But, uh, I mean, um, we'll, we'll yeah. stick with Nori. <laughs> yeah, we'll just call her Nori. That's fine. Uh, That's yeah. what she goes by. <laughs> I do, I do, I do enjoy the storyline. I think it yeah, is really Sadduck uh, is, compelling. Yeah, really charming. The cultist thing is weird, but. I, I didn't mind it as a yeah. As yeah, a, a plot we haven't really run into them yet, but that's really all um, they were. Yeah, we haven't. Oh yeah, we haven't seen the cultists no. at all in the first four episodes, which I think I will say that does lend one of the big criticisms that I have of the show, and I think a lot of people have, 
And it's not as evident in the first four episodes, but the fourth episode is where you start to see this, um, the pacing. Yeah, it does ramp up quite significantly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But the last episode, like they really cram a lot into that last episode that could have been spread out a little bit more. I get introducing Uh, the characters and and arcs and everything slowly, but yeah. um, yeah. Well, it, it almost seems like they treated this first season, I don't want to say they treated it as a throwaway, but it did seem like it was like, okay, here's just like what's going to happen. Here's like the intro yeah. to everything as the entire first season. And it was mm-hmm. a little, um, they could have gotten into the story a little bit quicker. Like they did a lot of building when they could have just kind of started the story. And, you know, I don't know. Well, to, to, the pace, the pacing. To I feel like. In, uh, I've got two scenes that uh, to bust in some positivity here. Uh, one is uh, just to circle back. I forgot about this, but the scene where Galadriel is sailing into Amman is so yeah. Just so cool. with the the birds and the singing is just so like it's just beautiful. Yeah. It is. It is. There's some really uh, great things happening there. Also, related to the Numenor storyline, that scene where Galadriel and Elendil ride to the Hall of Lore is yeah, it is gorgeous. Like with her with with her dress, the way it's flowing and everything, it's incredible. It's just beautifully yeah. shot. It really, really is. And I think it's the only time in the entire first season where we see yeah, Galadriel actually yeah. smile and enjoy herself. But um... yeah. It's like the rest of it, she's just frowning, and then she's like, yeah, the horses. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, she does actually smile. That's nice. But, to uh, see. Yeah, so I figured I I forgot I had that earlier, but uh, just quickly back to uh, the hobbits. I don't know if this is positive or negative, but when when <laughs> Nori's dad breaks his ankle is one of the most fucking brutal. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Now it's, it's a brutal like, ankle break. It's like. Oh god, the, the sound effect and the yeah, oh, sideways. Man, oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. felt his pain in that episode. Especially if anybody out there, if you have I've you ever broken your ankle? Show? My ankle three times or four times. Never broken it. Yeah. I've I've had many, many oh, I ran yeah. cross country in high school, so I had a lot of sprained ankles, but oh, I did break it once and it was very minor, but it's just still scarring. like it sucks. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, it, it that I I was very much reminded watching that scene when his ankle turns and just going like, "Ooh, yeah, I remember All that." All right. So <laughs> after that, uh, after me just injecting some positivity here, well, I guess we could stay positive uh, if you want to talk about Numenor because I do have uh, a one of the things I loved. One of the scenes I loved is when Elendil is talking to Miriel, and they have like that scene where. They just do a little word nerdery on him yeah. about she asks, what, is, what does the Len deal mean? And he says, oh, one who loves the stars. And then she goes, well, it has another translation, doesn't it? And he goes, uh, yes, uh, elf friend. And, and and the political implications of that, I thought was really, really yeah, cool. That's... And and just the, the word yeah, nerdery that about is it on was point really fun. I just, I, for... I love that. Yeah, that was very, very on brand for uh, for yeah. for a Tolkien adaptation. For a Tolkien adaptation yeah, for the Numenorians who are starting to really resent elves and everything. It's yeah, it yeah, right. I mean, well, first of all, the establishing shots of Numenor, like I said before, are just ah, damn, they're yeah, so it, good. And 
the that city is just so it really evokes like a lot of the visuals and stuff in Numenor, it evokes the precursor to Gondor that we see later, which I really liked. Yeah. 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 The giant yeah. With statues the, uh, and the yeah. white city and everything and the giant statues. Yeah, um, absolutely. I also like Muriel's premonition yes. of the wave coming is also, Ooh, yeah. I got chills watching that yeah. massive tidal wave about to absolutely completely destroy it was so visually uh yeah just effective yeah it was just really effective it's like it, it, it that i that was one of those there there weren't many moments in this first season that i felt like i was transported there but i will say that scene is Absolutely. one of the very few times where i like i it, felt it like was i was immersive and how horrifying that oh, would be God, yeah just, yeah um yeah, just seeing your entire island is about to be underwater. That was yourself. maybe one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the entire show. Also, because that is much more in the spirit of Tolkien, I think. Yes, telling you this is going to happen and then showing you yeah, how, how it, you it, get there. Yeah, it, There's no mystery Absolutely. about it. The I guess the mystery is something that would be is, yeah is it would prevent- that is in line with the mystery yeah. that tolkien has in his story of like yeah could could they do something to stop yeah, this it, yeah it's you know wh- and the is yes they could have <laughs> spoiler they don't because <laughs> the story doesn't move forward yeah, if, they, if they fix that, anything that you know? would be <laughs> as much as i'd love to see an eternal numenor that would be the most egregious <laughs> it would just be them dancing yeah, really on Tolkien's would. grave, and I would not approve. <laughs> yeah, that that would, yeah, that would be a change too far, I think, for anybody. Yeah, it's like Numenor. Numenor. I, I think we're. I think eventually. this podcast yeah. is us doing sort of a jig with Tolkien's ghost, but we're not. We're not trying to disrespect the, <laughs> the man resting. Yeah, <laughs> we might. Yeah, we might be disrespectful, but we're not yeah. trying to be disrespectful. <laughs> we're just trying to make ourselves uh, laugh. Yeah. But yeah. Um. We haven't really touched much on the uh, Southlands storyline, and there's a few things that I well, want to mention that I thought were really first, interesting. This was in sorry, my... I just want to sorry, mention. I yeah. I thought no, Elendil and a Sealdor were, especially Elendil, was just so his character was awesome. Uh yeah. Um. Uh. What? Damn. I'm, I lost his name. Where is it? Um. Oh, Lloyd yeah, Owen. Yeah. Lloyd Owen is the actor who plays Elendil, and man. Does that son of a bitch have gravitas yeah. <laughs> or what? I mean, his his voice alone, but just like everything about his presentation, I'm like, you could tell that, he's a captain, and he could easily I mean, be a king. Yes, I mean, he's like, oh yeah, no, that the guy with the yeah. voice like that, I'd follow him. Yeah, absolutely. So I did <laughs> yeah. want to. Well, when 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 Galad, yeah. Well, I I also liked his little joke when Galadriel's saying that she believes that uh, Halbrand is like the king of the Southlands and. And Muriel's like, yeah, and then and 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 Elendil here is a runic emperor, and he just like just a petty lord actually, and he smiles at his little joke, and, <laughs> and Muriel just like stares daggers at him. I loved that. I thought that yeah. was very funny. I really enjoyed that. That one, that that little bit just like lives in my head. I don't know why, but yeah, I, I just love that little it, bit. That once again um, felt like Tolkien's humor, where it's like somebody. It was like Aragorn, you know, yeah. like where he's most of the time he's grave and has that gravitas and yeah and, but and grim, he, yeah yeah has this also very grim of, but he has his moments yeah, some, of subversive so like he'll he'll laugh and or make a joke and it's like oh yeah, yeah there he is there's strider yeah, that we all know a, and love you know this is a uh, real yeah. man 
<laughs> so anyway, yes, yeah. the Southlands. Yeah. So, so yeah, one of the, a few of the things I found really interesting and uh, compelling, I say, in the uh, Southlands storyline was the Southlanders' resentment and distrust of like the Elvish occupation yeah. of their homes and the racism of the elves towards the Southlanders. Like, there's that scene where um, uh, Arondir is standing I at the know. top of that uh, yes. of that tower, and he's chatting with his commander as they've been told that like they're being sent home. Uh, and he's and the elf commander is like, "We're not do we're not here because of what they did. It's because of who they still are." And like, I just found that it was a very compelling um, aspect to it. Of like, there's like this racism from the elves towards the men. And the elves fa- or, and the men fa- yeah. being, I think it's fair for them to feel resentful that they're being occupied because of something their ancestors did, you know, thousands it, of years earlier. It's it's understandable, but like obviously, like some of them it's are another not conflict great. of the uh, immortality versus mortality thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like a Rondier had been stationed there for seventy five years, so like no one he met was born even when he first was stationed there. Like I think that's really that that's really interesting. I thought that was a good detail to put in uh, to the show. I I I, I, I at least found that he, very compelling. Yeah, Avrandir like, in general is one of my favorite characters. He's one of the most elf-like elves. Yes, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. He's he I he's wonderful. I like that character a lot. Uh, I really do. The whole um, and I also I like how they. Sorry, go ahead. I think you're about to talk about what I was about to say. Go so go ahead. And Bronwyn. And Bronwyn, the love story, yeah. But I, I also like how they're keeping the love story ver- moving very, very slowly. Like they really haven't done very much. Did they even kiss? I think they kissed yeah, like once. In the I whole think they kissed towards season. the end. But like, um, yeah, it, as much as I don't like that, they keep. Yeah, they keep like. They just have to. They can't stay away from the forbidden love thing, and obviously, it's not as bad as uh, the yeah. Hobbits sort of dwarf elf love story oh in the hobbit movies yeah 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 that one like went way over the line because it's just not something that ever happened but like an elf human relationships like and they point out in the first episode like it never ends well when this happens yeah (laughs) yeah so at least like it felt it felt at least they understood that they were working with something very tricky yeah and yeah they certainly gave it a lot more respect than and 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 I like yeah. the the story itself, you know, removed from whether or not mm, this yeah. should be there at all, because uh, of you know the the writings and stuff. It it I think I I, I thought it was well done and it's compelling and yeah. everything. And I like Bronwyn a lot. Yeah, she's a good character, and I I will say I a lot of the I think a lot of there's a, obviously plenty of like racist pushback on the show, like oh why are there you know people being met mad about yeah, you know, yeah. just being people of color at all in middle earth which is like who cares Shut yeah that's not whatever it's like unless someone's skin tone is vital to who that character is it's not important as far as i'm concerned like you know like it's, i have no problem with that and i think there's a lot of pushback against there being so many strong female leads in this show because it's not something you see in a lot of the writing yeah but they're all well but, written which is the yeah thing I, that I think they're good yeah. it bothers me is when people will sh- like sort of shoehorn a woman into a, a 
role just to do it and then they yeah. just write them as like a strong man and it's like i mean Bronwyn, yeah, they just write a male character for 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 a woman yeah brahman is a perfect example she's not like some you know, godlike fighter or anything because it wouldn't make no, any she's sense healer. she's yeah. she's yeah. just it's like she's a doctor yeah she's a leech she practices leechcraft to use an anachronistic term <laughs> but she's yeah she's strong and strong-willed and uh you know, she's you know doing anything to protect her son and her people and everything, which is you know yeah. that is that is I what makes a strong character. character. Yeah, and you yeah, know, not so, like Galadriel is. You know, she's an elf, so it makes sense that she's this you know martial has this martial prowess and all that. But yeah, like, there's yeah they have they have a lot of time to train. Yeah, <laughs> any any elf Plus is naturally be, yeah. yeah. Plus, but, they're naturally stronger and faster than than mortals. Yeah. For the most part, but oh, um, that does bring me to one thing that yeah. a lot of people don't love, and I don't love also is like the physics bending, like the idea. Oh that, yeah, like, elves can do things that humans can't. Sure, but they're also doing things that just violate the laws of physics. Yeah, the whole with, with a Ron Deer in the in the pit and everything. I, yeah, when he he yeah he he like runs up the chain to like knock down the tent to expose the orcs to uh to the light. Yeah, I my note was Alvin antics are still goofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, like that's the fight scene with like the snow troll where Gladril like gets flipped off of the other elf's sword to jump in the air. It's like I like the fight scene except for that. Yeah, it just yeah it's the just physics over bending the top. I don't like. It's just, it just isn't. Well, you don't necessary. need it. Like the elves are fast and strong, and they're 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 very capable fighters. So like I don't think you need to have like this. Uh, doing acrobatics and stuff i mean some acrobatics would be okay but it's you know where it, get, it gets silly it, it kind of takes you out of it like when yeah, when legolas completely. uh in 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 uh, the two towers like skateboards down the stairs while or she surfs like, down the it's cool when you're trunk. 15. yeah yeah it's like it's cool sure visually i guess but it's like it also kind of from in my experience it kind of takes me out of it a little bit because it's so what yeah we um <laughs> My friends and I, when we were young, we uh, t- uh, we coined the term uh, "glory hog moves," so we call it a GHM. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for Legolas. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, did you need to like? I mean, climbing up the Mumak was cool. Obviously, you couldn't shoot through the back of its skull like that and kill it with arrows. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a real elephant's hide is like two inches thick. And a mumuk would have just it's twice the size yeah. of an African elephant. So it would have like four inch thick skin, probably. And in the uh, ambush yeah. in Athelion, they even said um, that the arrows were just bouncing off of its hide. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the ring power. power. Yeah. So uh, I guess while we're in that pit, we might as well talk about the uh, quote unquote warg. <laughs> Yeah, the Chihuahua, as I've heard it called, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, the CGI on that was really—it was the it eyes. Really looked cartoony. The eyes, is in particular, yeah. I, um, they had an awesome-looking, creepy wolf stalking the the Harfoots, Harfoots earlier, and but it had tusks, and that's one of the things I've I've, I've had a big complaint about, even in the Jackson movies. Like the Wargs are evil wolves; they're not a different animal. 
So changing them up a little bit from a regular wolf to indicate that they're particularly evil is okay. But yeah, I, they added tusks to and like horns to the wargs and yeah, the chihuahua I mean, Just was, give them you know, teeth that are protruding like a crocodile or something. You don't need to add. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah that, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I don't love the design of those. Like, just make them big, scarier-looking wolves. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's what they are. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they are. So just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, they get a little creative when they don't really need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was... I mean, it's, it's it's not a big deal, but it's something that I just personally didn't. Yeah, didn't I mean, it just that. took you out. So, like, yeah. So, I mean, the... the um. Rondir's master just gets killed moments later, right? And you're like, yeah, wow, that yeah, would yeah. be really emotional if I didn't just see that weird giant, yeah, poodle. yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, undercut the sadness of that. And when he like cuts down the tree and everything, oh, wait, no, that happened before, right? Um, no, no, that happened after he cuts down the tree after that fight, yeah, I believe so. Or does he? Maybe he does. No, no, he no. That's he uses the no, axe happens, to yeah. Yeah, cut the right. thing down. Yeah, yeah no, the whole right. thing was emotional, and then it just felt like in the middle, you're just so taken it's out of it. Undercut by this goofy eyes on the head on that warg. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, one of the to because we want to keep it uh, positive as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> one of the things I really thought they did very well with um some of the expressions that are used to it are very indicative of the various cultures you know like oh, c yes. is always right with numenor or um uh when uh nori's father i think after he breaks his ankle he's talking about uh when he meets his current wife when his other wife had died and he said that he felt like his uh um let's see i wrote it down that the, his wheels broke out from under him you know, the idea oh, that they're yeah. nomadic people and they're on wheels. So I thought that was those were really uh, good um, little things that just gave depth and uh, a, a, a sense of reality to to each of the cultures. I and thought that was yeah, really it's cool. a very Tolkien. Or the, or the dwarves, thing there can to be no do. peace between the hammer and the anvil. Yes, the dwarves have a lot of rock, wounds. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I thought that was a real. Those were really good touches that. Uh, deepened like your understanding of these individual cultures and 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 showed that they what they value and that sort of thing i thought that was really good yeah and it's a very i mean tolkien obviously used language to you know for a lot of things in the story but he did the same thing whereas especially with the hobbits yeah. for him where he just all of these sayings and colloquialisms just help really help flesh out a culture you know yeah, I agree with you. Is there I any? Think we could, yeah, is there any? I was going to say. Well, I was going to say. Do you have any predictions based on the first four episodes? Uh, as far as, as like what the next see? season? Yeah, I've. I mean, oh. I I thought of a couple, um, things. Uh, yeah, you go. Ahead. So one of so a one of my predictions is that, um, Elendil's daughter, which is a made up character for the series, um, Aodian, uh. I think she is going to end up either wittingly or unwittingly creating uh, or designing because we know she's uh, you know yeah, an architect an in an architect so. guild or yeah. whatever. Yeah, she's an apprentice. My guess is that she's going to either wittingly or unwittingly design the temple the to temple. Sauron. Okay, that's that's one of my predictions for uh, something we might see at some point. Corey Olson thinks she's going to become a. Uh, 
the Tolkien professor, Corey Olson, thinks she's going to become a, a Naz, the cutest Nazgul, as he says. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know about that, but I, I, I do I do think she's going to end up being the one who designs the temple. To I think Sarah. she's definitely going to... I think she's there to sort of create a, uh, a schism in their family. Yeah. I think right, because, I think they yeah. might uh, go to the west. Oh yeah, the definitely. other city. Um, we might see, see that. that. We could see it in the second season, but maybe not. We'll see. But the faithful that are on Numenor are on the west side of the island, where we know um, uh, Anarion. Is that the other son of Valendil? Sildur so, and Anarion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know he's there. That he's on the west coast of Numenor. Uh, and that Isildur wants to go there. They've established that, so we might we might see some of that at some point. We hope we meet him soon. Yeah, because um, I think that that's an interesting dynamic in the family. Isildur was Arnor, and Anarion was Gondor, or was it the other way around? Uh, well, isn't Anarion doesn't is he killed in the Battle of the Last Alliance? Uh, I can't remember honestly. I feel like yeah, he gets killed. But, but they established the kingdoms before. The last alliance. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Leave. So right. Yeah. A a sealed door. Well, I guess this is spoilers for later in the show, but it's. it's, (laughs) But I I mean, it does happen in the books. Uh, A sealed door founds Arnor in the north, and Anarion founds Gondor in the south. So I think think you're right. Yeah. Uh, they end up being the two kings. Um, and I don't, um, I, I mean, I guess the kingdoms are united, but they're just sort of, I mean, it just makes sense to have two kings cause it's a huge, it's a, yeah, it's a big area. land. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the entire West of middle earth that they're, yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to start seeing more, uh, more, um, colonialism from Numenor, Numenor yeah in general absolutely. well Farazan uh starts talking about that at the end of uh I think at the end of this first season yeah so about, like oh yeah we had you know get tributaries in Middle Earth and everything and make Numenor great again or whatever. <laughs> yeah. it's hard to make predictions based on the first four episodes but yeah it is um Although I will say one of the things I did think of, another thing I thought of, I think Theo will end up becoming a Nazgul. I think he's going to end up getting one of the rings for men. Theo? Yeah. I think he's going to, that's going to be a, uh, like a heartbreaking turn for him as well. I can, I can see that. It's a guess. It's a guess, but. He was already we'll tempted see. by this weird sword key thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, um, I mean, we'll talk about that, I guess, in the, cause it's not really relevant until. Yeah, it becomes half. more relevant. I think in the next episode, in episode five. Yeah, honestly, Certainly most five. of the story stuff, like we're mostly only talking about the cultures and intros and stuff, because that's all there really was in the first four. Episodes. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of. Um, yeah, there. You know, it was. It you know, the whole first season's kind of set up. But the first four episodes, in particularly, were a setup for Which, to just introduce all of these. I guess is why I, I liked the first four episodes more in some ways. I gotta say, yeah. I um yeah, going through it, I, I said this to you yesterday that like going through it after watching it already, I did have a far more enjoyable experience because I knew what to expect. So I was able to uh I think one of the big challenges I'm you've you've said this as well, and I think this is a big challenge for a lot of Tolkien geeks like us who watch the show, um that it's you're it's a- difficult to watch it just as a show yes you know like it's hard it's to hard. not I, marry I, it i've been to the trying 
Yeah, and until this th- these these most recent viewings, I haven't been able to watch it just like as a show. I've only watched it as a Tolkien geek. And so I've been really trying very hard to be more objective. And I did enjoy myself a lot more this most recent time around uh, because I already knew what to expect for the things that bothered me. And I knew what to expect for things that I liked. So I was able to just kind of be a little more objective. Yeah. Or, or, well, not, not, no, not even objective. I was just able to enjoy the process a little bit more without like worrying about it you know like i was worried the entire time i watched every episode yeah that's true there's like some anxiety about how's this gonna go wrong (laughs) yeah exactly everybody was you know everybody was waiting for something yeah Yeah, there was always gonna be stuff that's gonna upset people like you're not gonna please everybody you just like it's not it's never going to happen but yeah i think a lot of us were like watching with like one eye shut like ooh, what's gonna happen what are they gonna say that's gonna be really like yeah I, i think it comes back to what i said earlier about just I want to be able to watch this show. And I think it's why it's hard to rewatch it. I had really not much desire to rewatch it until we, you know, said we were decided to do this episode. And, um, I want for Tolkien, I want to just enjoy the journey of the show and not after all those, after all the mysteries are resolved, many of them were, most of them were, I think. I think I I don't think they're gonna do much more mystery box stuff. I seriously hope, I hope they don't. Not. Because again, I think they I think it ended up being distracting. Yeah, but after that stuff is out of the way, it's like I mean, and, and yeah, like you said, there were many parts I enjoyed, and it's because it was just satisfying to see certain things you know it, it was satisfying yeah. to see Numenor and its yeah. glory it was satisfying to see Casa Doom yeah Casa yeah. Doom see the hobbits being peaceful yeah, and... was really cool yeah Regan looked really cool yeah it, I, so yeah. overall I think visually this show is pretty much a uh, yeah a the triumph. sets the costumes are besides the occasional CG goofiness yeah a little funky but uh Overall, visually, I think is one of the few things that is that, that is you, almost you have a hard almost. time convincing me that you're angry about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. if you're angry about, I don't know. I, I think some things I I understand not liking something as a taste thing, but I wouldn't say oh, yeah. that they, you know, I wouldn't say they failed. Certainly, yeah. No, um, I think I think visually is one of the visually it's very successful i would i would argue and the acting was pretty much great across the board i'd say yeah i mean some of the writing was a little that's why i I always have a hard time judging acting yeah i mean if you have a bad line it's just kind of like it doesn't matter for that yeah, you know, you could be freaking, you know, a, you could be Marlon Brando, but if it's a goofy line, like even he's not going to be able to sell it that yeah. well. Like it'll still end up being like, "What? <laughs> really? That's the line they wrote for that character?" <laughs> I hate sand. It's coarse. It's rough. It, it, it gets everywhere. It's like that's oh my God. poor Hayden. That's never going to sound good. No, that was <laughs> God, terrible writing. You're like, man, Star Wars. Man, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not open that. Like, that's him, fl- it's like, that's him flirting. Are you out of your mind? Why would you think that was a good line to write? Come on. <laughs> yeah. 
But, I mean, the uh, memes have taken care of all that pretty yeah, well. No, so that, we don't it just made, <laughs> uh, it made uh, it made the prequels enjoyable again after all the memes. But uh, yeah, no. Once again, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the writing, I don't know. Like, I don't think the micro really good. stuff was was bad. Like, I don't think a yeah. lot of the like much of the dialogue and stuff was bad. It was just the overarching yeah. stories were hit or miss. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, it's a mixed bag. Let's. I think that's a very yeah, fair way yeah. to say it. Like, you know, there's been a very mixed bag. Uh, yeah, like I didn't. I will say overall, though, I I've I've enjoyed it. Like I, I it, have for for as many things that have made me you know upset with the the liberties taken with the lore and some of the weird uh, stuff, especially that happens in the second four episodes. Yeah, the second half of the season uh, is where I think the really offensive lore changes come. <laughs> yeah and we'll, but, we'll uh, obviously get into that but the i yeah i think the my overall verdict or at least what's indicative of it is i di- i didn't want to rewatch this and it's because i think primarily of all those like mystery things going on yeah and it just sort of spoils rewatchability like who, how many times would you like, right realistically yeah. rewatch like lost or something some mystery show like that like there's yeah. just no like once you know that's like most of the tension and everything in the show and but right i yeah. am excited for the second season i am too i will say and i my prediction is if they don't they kind of there's a lot of there's so much more pressure i would argue on the second season even than there was on the first yeah. because if this second season is not a success runaway success, yeah. they might not make any more of this show. I mean, cause you know, people like to say that they invested a billion dollars. They haven't invested a billion dollars yet. The whole series is expected overall with purchasing of the rights and the production is going to be a billion dollars, but they haven't only spent, spent, spent a couple already. hundred million. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no. but so, so it is at risk i would say and i would yeah you know as much as there are things i do and don't like about it i and i don't care what you you know whether you like this show or not you know obviously you know whatever you're entitled to your opinion but i think yeah. we would I don't want to speak for everybody, I guess, but I think most of us would (laughs) would like to see more adaptations of Tolkien and just to keep Tolkien in the zeitgeist, you know, and this show does that. Yeah, it can only bring people into the world like no one's going to be like, oh, I was going to read the books, but I didn't like this show, so I won't do that. I was just because it's like if you didn't like yeah. the show, that's a good reason to read the books because then you're getting the original story. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it can only do good to for the fandom as a whole. Yeah. To expand it. Yeah. I was just talking to somebody uh, at work, and they were saying that uh, they had never. I don't think he, he'd ever even seen the Peter Jackson trilogy, but he oh, watched wow. Rings of Power. That's and so weird. he, I mean, he's younger, you know, like there, yeah. there are people alive who, you know, they were like, they were born after, after those films already came yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> there were adults, human adults yeah. who were born after those movies came out. Yeah. That's, it's so wild. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. But yeah, it's like, cause it doesn't feel like it was really that long ago, you know? No. 
But that's because those movies hold up so well. And I guess that's why... I guess that's the ultimate disappointment of this show. And I guess why it's so difficult to, you know, live up to that is like, we expect, you know, we might not expect that it is as great as the, uh, film trilogy was. Yeah. But, you know, I, I want something like that where I can go back and rewatch it. You know, I could just have it on in the background while I'm doing other stuff just because I want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Want to be in this world. (laughs) And like, as of now, I don't have that. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I was never at any point really grabbed and felt like I was there or wanted to be there. It was, it felt like I was watching it and that I wasn't a part of it. And the, you know, to be fair, that might not be a fair standard because, you know, I was, you know, very, you know, preteen when I first saw Fellowship of the Ring. So, yeah. And, you know, it's like, so it's a different age. So, you know, and, uh, you know, Tolkien spent how many years writing these books <laughs> and creating I mean, this yeah, world? If he had, if, like, if he had lived another 10 years, like, Lord of the Rings would probably be a different book. Like, there would have been a more editions with changes in them like i'm certain of that because tolkien like he never he never really settled on anything permanently yeah he was always like uh you know retconning things and um and and changing like he never he never settled for sure on like where the orcs came from i mean it's you know twisted elves is is the version that's in the silmarillion so that's what we generally go with as fans but uh he wasn't totally comfortable with that because he wasn't comfortable with the idea that there's any living thing that can't be redeemed that's completely irredeemable he wasn't very comfortable with that idea because it doesn't yeah. jive with his worldview so it's a uh yeah wait, it, it was wait, it would that, have always been changing that reminds me did we we didn't even see Adar really so i guess there's not that much to talk about with the works we, we mentioned yeah we don't stuff yeah, we still don't even know who Adar really is yet. Um, Other than like, yeah, he. Well, I, he's I mean, just scary. They do him. <laughs> yeah, he is scary. I mean, it makes me sad that that actor uh, Joseph Malway, I think, is his name, uh, is not coming back for the second season. He was because great. I think he did a really great job with that character. I'm very excited to rewatch that like interrogation scene in the barn. Yeah, there there um, are a few scenes I am looking forward to rewatching. Um, yeah. So few, I'm not, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we gotta oh, wrap this up. It's yeah. almost two hours long. <laughs> yeah, hang on. I, before that, I did <laughs> naturally at the end. I did want to circle back and talk about the intro to the show, the opening credits. Oh, like the credits? Yeah, yeah. that really is cool. so cool. I don't know if you um, yeah. the so it that those opening credits are uh practical effects i mean they're like enhanced by cg yeah but overall it's yeah most of the the patterns and stuff you know i I don't think the trees are probably natural but no like they may have formed them and then turned on like the speakers underneath that uh that that platform yeah basically so it's it's sand on this like black uh you know uh surface and underneath them are speakers uh that are pumping sound waves to move the sand around in interesting shapes yeah it's called, really cool yeah, it's called cymatics yes which, uh, thank you yeah it's it yeah. 
I thought it was a really interesting and just beautiful, sort of like simple way to uh, intro the show. And the music was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The great uh, Howard Shore wrote the uh, theme music for the show, which is great. I mean, I, I really like what Bear McCready's done music wise with it, but uh, it was cool to have Howard Shore do that, um, do the actual theme for the show. Yeah. Um, and and what I like about the uh, the intro, too, is the idea of sound moving things. Yes. Uh, as... it, just, it jives with like the, the universe being created with uh, a music. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I just thought it was is really cool. And there's very, a lot cool. of uh, there's a lot of imagery sort of ev- evoking the Anilindale, which is if you remember yeah. the uh, that creation story the of the Idor. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess just real quick at the music. I guess I I liked it, and it never felt out of place. It, it felt like it was inspiring and stuff emotionally, but it's just not. Once again, it just doesn't measure up to the score from Lord of the Rings for me. Agreed. Yeah. The... Like you can hum concerning hobbits in your head. You can hum the main fellowship theme in your head. Yeah. You know, like it's, it, not, it's not as memorable there's not as much or recognizable. I, I, yeah. I guess part yeah. of that might be because it's a show and it's, it, yeah. it takes more of a backseat. But like, yeah, there's a lot of like reoccurring musical themes that happen that connect the music together, but there isn't. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I couldn't just, hum a single yeah. one of them now. And yes, it might be because I, with, I don't want to rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is one exception I would say to that, which was not in this first four episodes, but um, Poppy's Walking Song. Oh, yes. That was I catchy. I love that song. I thought that was a really, really great song. I, I, I felt it was both corny to have like not all those who wonder and wander are lost. It was like a little corny, but I also yeah. loved it. Um, <laughs> and that was also in line with Tolkien and stuff. But you know, once again, that's yeah, not yeah, really yeah, that's a poem Bilbo wrote about uh, Aragorn. Yeah, I mean, but, they wrote a memorable poem, but not a you know the theme music yeah. still to me is. Yeah, I agree with you. Could be more you. Uh, you know recognizable and yeah, everything. Yeah, I hear you. All right, so. We got to bring this episode to a close. <laughs> this is going to be such a long episode. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we had to expect that. And I don't even we, think we, we gave it, everything but... its due. We were no, we had to jump around. Um, yeah. So, okay, right. we'll cover all the other stuff in in part in part two of our uh, Rings of Power episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I think we totally forgot is uh, correction corner. Oh, we sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, well before we'll we <laughs> before we do the uh, Tolkien fun fact for the week, I just got to bring a slight correction about the uh, the fun fact from last week. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I said that Tolkien drank gin, uh, lined up three shots every morning. <laughs> um, turns out, you know, yeah, maybe he did. I don't think he did, though. Uh, <laughs> he did like to drink. He did like whiskey. Uh, and But I think he usually had his whiskey in the evening. I think he was more likely... It's hard to write the Oxford English Dictionary when you're shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, tell that to uh, Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> uh, a dictionary, though, he did not write. I oh, think certainly not. He wrote that he was that he was completely stoned and drunk. <laughs> I mean, did everything. 
Yeah, I don't think Tolkien really dabbled that much in stories of vice, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, he did not. Uh, but yeah, he was probably more likely just lining up three shots of tea every morning, like every other good, <laughs> yeah, good Brit. yeah, like a good Englishman, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess with me having corrected that fun fact, I guess that disallows me from coming up with. I mean, uh, having researched thoroughly and presenting. It's my turn. It's your turn. Yes, it's your (laughs) turn, turn. sir. (laughs) Let's hear it. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, today's uh, Tolkien fun fact that we'll correct next episode um, will be. (laughs) 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 Sorry. No, you didn't hear that. I didn't say that. Yeah, no. Anyway, so today's Tolkien fun fact. Uh, it is a 100% true fact that Tolkien, uh, before he uh, went off to war, was actually a plumber by trade. That was his first job. A plumber, He huh? was a... Yep, that's 100% true. He uh, was a plumber, and he actually had to do battle with a couple, like, tortoises and mushrooms. And he had a really uh, hard time of it, which is why he became uh... a writer. <sighs> Oh my god. <laughs> uh, nope. Stop it, Sean. It's a true fact. You got you got me. You got me with that one. I was I could not see where that was going. <laughs> you know what the best part is? I didn't know where it was going. And <laughs> you just you improvised. Well, I mean I no, that. I didn't improvise. It's it's a true fact that I read on Wikipedia. Oh you Oh, yeah, you just had forgotten the second half and you just kept reading. Oh, yes. Yeah, that one gets me every time, too. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Well, <laughs> we got to end this someday. Yeah, we got to, we got to, we got to wrap up our uh, rings yeah. of power. You got to uh, go to rings work. Of chowder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening to episode one of, uh, or, or, for, or part one of our, our rings of chowder wrap up. <laughs> it's uh, a ring of chowder reliving rings of power post production. Lord of uh, ring wrongs of uh, power. Um. Uh, yeah, it's ring- anyway. <laughs> All right. If you'd like to write into the podcast and uh, make some complaints or give us praise or just have a question that you'd like for us to uh, make an ass of ourselves answering, please uh, send those along at uh, to uh, the Lord. Of, sorry, not the just Lord of the Wrongs podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we hope you listen in next time. Sorry for the long episode, guys. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. They love it. Yeah, definitely love it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, with that, uh, join us next time. And with that, we say Namadie. Namadie.